My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. Hello and welcome to another episode of An Irishman in America with me, Jarlath Regan. I'm joined, as always, by our US correspondent, Marion McKeown. Now, Marion and I have off air been talking about an election race that played out here in the Regan House last week. And I kept it private because I didn't want to mount any pressure on uh, the participants. But Mikey Regan, I'm happy to say, was elected student class president in his school this week. I want to give him a big shout out after a long and arduous two week campaign with posters and uh, hustings and the whole lot. The entire of year six uh, voted for him and Sadie, joint presidents, Marion, a boy and a girl president to represent the class. And to say I'm proud of him is an understatement. This isn't US politics, but it felt it felt as important. Do you know, Charlotte, I'm not kidding. It, it, this was a campaign that I followed with a lot more interest <laughs> than a lot of the election campaigns that I, I follow as part of my job. I'm, and I can tell you that the outcome, and congratulations, Mikey, <laughs> honestly, it just lifted my entire day. And I think, you know, the, like the thing is, at that age, like he, Mikey's in primary school, and I saw the posters, I saw the work he put in, I saw the the courage and the determination, and you know, from you and from from what you shared, and I just thought this is such a microcosm of of such a, you know, it's it's such a thrilling story of, of, you know, what goes on in the bigger world. But as I say, a campaign where the right result came, <laughs> where the right person won. And as you say, the joint presidency, it's terrific. You know, it, people are, I hate when people talk about, you know, oh, you know, the youth today, blah, blah, blah. And mm. I also think it's a sign that you're just getting old and cranky. I see so much hope coming out of kids Mikey's age you are so aware already kids who are older than Mikey kids who are in college they're doing stuff and you know I just think that they're so much smarter and better than we were at their age and, and well, I certainly. can't wait to see what Mikey does next I certainly mean, uh, watching his career. Yeah, pol- politically activated is the word that I would use and I just couldn't get over uh, you know the quality of the campaign that the other <laughs> students ran we had a green candidate who specifically ran on a platform 
platform to make the school greener. I mean, I wouldn't know a 10 year old that would do that when I was 10. And it's funny that you bring it up about like it definitely was and a good positive story to open on because this Sunday we'll be speaking to another Irish man in America, Marcus O'Sullivan, one of the greatest Irish athletes of all time, now head coach of the track and field team at Villanova University. And I did put that question to him about his optimism or his view of this generation of youngsters. And he said the same thing as you. There's an awful lot, an awful lot to be positive about in very bleak times. You're seeing that as well. Absolutely. You know, I look at myself when I was 14, 15, 16, or in fact, even younger, I was a little brat. You know, I mean, I, I had no awareness of anything other than how much trouble I could get into, <laughs> you know, and, and what I could get away with. Well, we really, you know, we were much more, you know, then, of course, there was the whole like the punk music thing and all that. And that was it was great fun, but it was all about we didn't look outside our existences in the way that kids look at the bigger picture today. You know, and I'm not just talking about the Greta Thunbergs. I'm talking about, you know, like I have um a niece I'm enormously proud of, who who is very brilliant at Brindley College and is putting all of her studies and work into into conservation, how to teach in corporations. Uh, she went to the Smurfit Business School, you know, how to work with the environment. And, you know, she could have gone into a big, you know, quarter of a million job a year starting for a corporation. But instead, she's done this. And I see it all the way down to the little kids who like like Mikey, the kids who are in school, who are aware at the age of eight, nine and ten, of you know, of the need to protect the environment and who are passionate about it. And I just think, God, God, you know, certainly all the kids that I knew when I was growing up, none of us were. Now, OK, the environment wasn't a big thing, but whatever the cause of the day was, none of us really were. You know, we watched Top of the Pops, we played, we hung out, we listened to records. That was our life. We, we were very insular. Mm, I mean, it, um, it has and, to be there has to be a knock on effect from having all of this yeah. available to us at the touch of a button and in our hands at all times. Where do we start in such a, a week, a tumultuous week in America, as always, it's singer R. Kelly, who's been found guilty of exploiting his superstar status to run what was a sexual, essentially a scheme to sexually abuse women and children over two decades. I mean, I first heard about this story yeah. uh, when I was a teenager. I mean, it is like there was rumours surrounding this man for so long. And I think they also got bound up in Michael Jackson and how all oh, the press will say anything. But this week, uh, 11 accusers, nine women and two men took the stand and over the course of a six week trial described what could only be described as sexual humil humiliation and violence yeah. at his hands. It took only two days for the jury to deliberate and find this guy, R. Kelly, who we all know so well, guilty on all nine charges he was facing. Now, Marion, in terms of sentencing, sentencing will take place on the 4th of May. Before we get into exactly what this means, is life behind bars what he's looking at? 
Well, the 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 um, prosecutors are certainly asking for. They will ask for up to a hundred years. Uh, he will probably get a minimum, an absolute minimum of twenty years. I suspect he'll get a lot more than that. He's now in his early fifties, I believe. Is that right? He's fifty-three. I think he could be looking at life behind bars. I think he should be looking at life behind bars. I, you know, there will be victim impact statements. We heard so much in the trial over the last six weeks. We heard the way that he terrorized. He didn't just sexually assault these underage people, he boys and girls. Um, he terrorized them. He manipulated them. Uh, they spoke about brainwashing, uh, um, you know, psychological coercion as well. And, you know, this is the thing we've spoken about before, Charlotte. You cannot have somebody get away with this for, and, you know, he married Alea back in 1994. So we're talking, you know, when she was 15. When she was barely 15, you cannot have somebody get away with this for that long, up until 2019, without so much complicity from other people, without so many people either looking the other way, being paid to look the other way, you know, and and, and just working with him to cover this up. So I think that that's a really important thing that we, we probably need to talk about is the degree we saw with Larry Nasser. We see it with, you know, the degree of complicity that it, it requires people in law enforcement to look the other way because there was a young woman, Tiffany Hawkins, who back in, I think it was, you know, she, it would have been around 1994 that she first went to the police. She went to the Illinois District Attorney's Office and she told them that she had been sexually abused by R. Kelly when she was a minor. And, you know, she said herself, Oh, you know, they saw this young girl from the south side of Chicago, this teenager, and they just decided they were doing nothing. So they just didn't even do, you know, they didn't even investigate. And then she brought a civil action in 1997 and good on her and her family for for pursuing it through the civil courts. And he settled it with a a non-disclosure agreement and he paid her out, I think, about $200,000. Now, that's another angle that we should talk about, these non-disclosure agreements, which I think are appalling and should be outlawed. But let's let's well, um, well, why don't we explain those? Because to some degree, that's the establishment giving these predators a get out of jail card or well, get out of jail card isn't the best uh, analogy because it's essentially you. You have enough money, Mr. Weinstein, you can pay for this person not to speak. It seems like when we talk about it, it takes a village, it takes a city to pull off something like this for this long, that that's a complicity within the institutions. It is absolutely. And, you know, just on, as you say, on the non-disclosure, this to me, I feel so strongly about it because this has created two different tracks of criminal justice. Now, we all know if you're rich, you can buy the, the, the Rolls-Royce justice system and haven't, you know, bespoke to suit your needs. We we all know that. But in the cases of people like Harvey Weinstein, of people like, you know, Jeff Epstein, all these people, R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, people with money use these NDAs to continue 
their lives as serial sexual abusers and, you know, other types of abuse as well with impunity. They do it because they know, okay, I'm going to, I may have to pay this person off, but nothing's going to happen. My career isn't going to suffer. I'm not going to suffer. I'm not going to go to jail. I'm not going to be prosecuted because all I have to do is sign an NDA. Trump used NDAs left, right and center. He was someone else who who used them Mm. throughout his career for, for various reasons. And all they do is allow the rich, the wealthy to evade justice because I could not afford to pay somebody $1.5 million, which or, or, or Kelly did, to keep quiet about something I did. You couldn't afford to do it either. But these people do it not just once, but multiple times. And they see it as the cost of doing business, the cost of being able to continue with their hugely successful careers uh, without any whiff of scandal coming out, without anything coming out. And the fact that courts enforce these is completely wrong. And I also have to say a number of lawyers, including Gloria Allred, who negotiated a number of NDAs on behalf of her clients, they are complicit in that system. Mm. You know, they, they are working. They say they're working with the victims. In fact, they're working with the accusers so that they can have more victims after this one, so they can continue their pattern of accessing new victims. And it's, I don't think that any lawyer with a shred of morality or ethics. And I think that, the, you know, the, the American Bar Association should also do something about this because you're, you're facilitating criminal activity. You're facilitating sexual abuse by entering into NDAs and by negotiating them. And I think it's just absolutely wrong. So there you have it. That's your taste of the Irishman in America for this week with Marion McKeown. Come on over and hear the rest of the conversation by becoming a member at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad and enjoy all these conversations in full, including our feature interview every Sunday and our back catalogue of nearly eight years of interviews at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.